You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. Let's take our Bibles. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 9. And uh, let me just talk to you a little bit here this morning from this particular passage. Let me pray with you here as we start. Father, thank you for the good day. Thank you for your love and your, your mercy. Thank you also for your wisdom, um, your direction for our lives, your will. Uh, you are a good God, and uh, everything that you have for us is to prosper us and bless us and help us uh, to be more like you. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for the death on the cross, the resurrection, and uh, the life that we are given through Christ. Thank you, Lord, that your word has life to us now and uh, that you are able to, to take us and, and finish this good work that you have begun in us for your glory. Would you help me right now to decrease in these moments as I speak in order that you may increase through me? Holy Spirit, would you work through these words today, through the scripture and through my message, God, today? into our hearts, Lord, and would you open us, Lord, that we may receive all that you have for us today. Be glorified in this time and strengthen us and encourage us, build us up. Help us, God, by instructing us in your word through the power of the Holy Spirit that we might be able to apply your word to our own lives and be able to walk out of this place today stronger, more faithful, more committed, more passionate than ever. Uh, to see the lost, one to the kingdom of God. May you be glorified in all of this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, let's look at chapter 9. And I'd like to just read uh, the, the, the chapter for you, if I can. And uh, then we're going to just go back and talk about it a little bit. Um, Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her pillar, her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beast. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here to him who lacks sense. She says, come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse. And he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer, or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to the wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me your days will be multiplied, and your years will be added to your life. You are wise. You are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. The woman folly is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat in the highest places of the town, calling to those who pass by who are going straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet. And bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there. And her guests are in the depths of Sheol. This is, I think, like the climatic chapter of Proverbs. This is like 
everything the writer has been building up to, he sort of gives you this amazing uh, conflict, if you will, but in a most unique kind of analogy here. This is a very, very symbolic passage here. Uh, and it, it brings us to this place of all that the writer is trying to, to, to speak to us about in terms of wisdom as opposed to folly or foolish living. And that is that it's all a matter of choice. It all comes down at the end of the day as to what will we choose. And so he's been talking about this again and again and again through these passages, and he's been addressing a lot of different things in life, uh, how we live, how we relate to one another, how we use our speech, uh, how, how we are productive, uh, how, how, like how we work and those kinds of things. So he's been giving us all of these things and bringing us up to this point. And, uh, and this is sort of like a high point here where we are confronted with the reality that at the end of the day, it isn't the church that we are in. It isn't the, the relationships that we have. It, it isn't even um, uh, our, uh, our own sense of ability or, or our own sense of accomplishment um, that makes the difference for us. It is the choices that we make. And, and, and that is what we need to see as so vital and so important. And he brings this out here. Now, now in his discourse over time, in these passages in Proverbs, Solomon has used a variety of approaches of trying to, to get this idea of wisdom uh, and the fear of God home to us. He's just constantly uh, bombarding us with this, okay? So he's giving us a lot. He, he makes his appeal, remember, as a father to his son or to his children. He makes that kind of analogy, that kind of appeal of, of a good, sagely father who's speaking words of life and words of wisdom to his children and in the hopes that they will follow, they will, will obey, they will, will come into line. He, he personifies wisdom oftentimes in these passages. And, and in, in one way, it is as a lady uh, who invites the people to, to pay heed. You know, she's like warning. She's, she's, she's advising people uh, to do what is right and to make the right choices. And, and so for a lot, who, a lot of writers who evaluate the book of Proverbs, they say this is sort of like, of all of that that's been happening in the book of Proverbs up until this point, this is sort of like the, the final discourse on, on this picture of, of wisdom against folly. And he's using two uh, women, if you will, who are both extending invitations. They're they are calling out or they're crying out in this particular passage. And so the question becomes here, whose invitation will you accept? And, and, and if you look at it that way, in reality, this particular passage, chapter 9 of Proverbs, is one of the great... Uh, passages on spiritual warfare. It's one of those passages where there's, there's this conflict that is going on. And it is the age-old earthly conflict of will you follow God or will you not? Because in God is embodied all of this wisdom and, and, and this understanding. And outside of that is all this foolishness. And, and poor choices and, and, and the things that the world has to offer and the things that, that we are tempted with out of the world. And so ultimately we see 
really a battle going on here. And it's, it's pictured in this most unique kind of way of two women. And they are in this particular city and they seem to have both of them influence. And they are calling out of their position. They are calling out to, to people who are coming by and trying to bring them in. All right? And so I'd like to, to just compare that just a little bit with you this morning uh, and help you to understand that, that in your life, and, and I have talked to several of you this week even, who have said to me, and I didn't, I didn't inquire simply because I was preaching this sermon. I wasn't trying to build sermon material here. Okay? But several of you who just stopped in, in the office and, and sat down for a moment, you said to me things like, man, you know, I, I just, this week has been a, a week of temptation, or this week has been a week where I, I made a bad choice, or, or I just, you know, I, I didn't do the things I wanted to do. You know, someone's saying, I, I understand Paul a little better this week when he says, what I, I want to do, I don't do, and, and what I don't want to do, that's exactly what I'm doing, and woe is me, and I'm wretched, and my, my righteousness is like filthy rags, and I'm going, slow down, let's not go to the bottom here, okay? Let's, let's realize that a man can fall seven times, but he can get up, okay? And, and that's, the, that's the, the, the redemptive side of the story here is, is yeah, we're in this battle, and, and sometimes we don't always make the right choices, but God is there to pick us up and to help us and, and to move us forward. And the hope is that we learn from the mistakes and we grow up out of our sinfulness all right? And we begin to live godliness and, and, and righteousness before the Lord. And, and we do that as we grow in our fear of God, you know, this fear of this holy, sovereign God. Not that he's going to stamp us out because we made a mistake, but because he's so good and he's so powerful and that, that we cannot do what he can do. We cannot do for ourselves what he has already done for us. We cannot save ourselves, but he has already saved us, in essence, through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we see this, this beautiful, pic, big picture of God, and we stand in awe, in reverence, and in fear of Him in that. And so we grow in that, if you will, all right? So this is the age-old conflict of the enemy trying to get us to choose the way of folly, to choose the, the things that will take us down and will destroy us, when all this time God is crying out to us, calling out to us, if you will, drawing us by the power of the Holy Spirit to come in and to live in these godly boundaries of life that He has established for us, not so that He can be this legalistic ruler over us and manipulate us, but because He can create this safe environment in which we can prosper and we can grow and we can flourish and be life-giving. And so that's what we have here in this passage. So first, let's, let's look at this lady wisdom, if you will. That's what we will call her, lady wisdom, all right? And, and I want you to take note of her preparation, all right? What she has done to get herself ready. It says in these passages that we just read here, it says uh, that her home is beautiful. Her, her abode is, is a beautiful place. It's, it's a large house, if you will. It has seven pillars in it, if you will, okay? And, and so we see this, 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 this big, this magnificent uh, kind of place here. Um, that, that number seven actually in, in the scripture suggests completeness or, or wholeness, if you will. Um, and, and that number is used a lot uh, in, in the scriptures. 
And, uh, and I want you to understand that, that in God, that's where you find your completeness. That's where you find your, your wholeness, all right? You can't get it outside of God. And many of us who come to God, we come to God in a fragmented state. We come to God in a place of brokenness, all right? Uh, but God, that is the intent of God, is to bring us into this place of wholeness and to fullness in Him. And if, if you go over and look in the book of James, you'll see in the book of James that there is, is this sort of uh, description of wisdom, which also has this sort of sevenfold quality, if you will. It's verse 17 um, in, in the book of James. There it is. Wisdom is from above. All right. It's not of this earth. It's, it's, not, it's not worldly. It's not secular. All right. All right. Wisdom is from above. It's pure. It's peaceable. It's gentle. It's open to reason. It's full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. All right? These are beautiful characteristics here of what God wants you to possess as a believer, as a follower of Christ. And, and this, this woman wisdom, she has prepared this house, so to speak. Now, I'm speaking symbolically here to you today, all right, as we read this story. Um, and, and she has created not only this beautiful place and this sumptuous sort of place, but a sumptuous meal, a feast, if you will, as well. Meat and wine. She's furnished a table. She's set the table. She's taken the time uh, to make this beautiful and to make it uh, abundant and to make it appealing, all right? And she very much wants to, to, to offer something that, that, that is satisfying, that is good and that is enjoyable, that's carefully prepared and that is beautifully presented. So we see Lady Wisdom as making a great effort, all right, in, in providing these provisions, if you will, for us. Folks, God has done everything in His ability to provide for you. He has given you His Son, Jesus Christ, for your sins. He has made that trade, if you will, to rescue you out of darkness and out of death and to bring you into His marvelous light and to give you life. This is the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But not only that, He has promised you that you will be with Him. When you are with Christ, you are with the Father. And you will be with Him even more so in time. And death cannot separate us from our Heavenly Father. And there is prepared for us a very sumptuous feast that will culminate this relationship that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. That is in our future. That is what we have out there to look forward to. And so I want you to see the, the, the sort of the parallel here, if you will. We, we're trying to pull up some of this, this thread of the gospel here in this particular passage from the Proverbs. What is her plea? What is it, what is it that she's crying out for? First of all, she wants to be heard. She sent out her young women to call from the highest place in the city. She, she sent them and said, hey, I want you to go to, to the place where... Uh, you can be heard where my message can go out, all right? So she sends out the maidens, all right? Much like Jesus sent out the apostles to, to proclaim, to, to cry out, to call out, if you will, okay? And she cries from this high place in the city. She's inviting those people who need wisdom, who need understanding, the simple and those who are lacking in this area of understanding. And she's she's proposing to them or inviting them to come in and to eat and to drink of her prepared feast. What she has, 
has already brought forth. Just as the Father calls you to enjoy Christ and the relationship with Him. This is the beauty of the communion table when we come and we partake and celebrate the, 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 the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are communing with Him, with the Father in this. And this, this is a, a forerunner, if you will, of this intimacy that we have with God and, and the joy that we will have in banqueting with Him, if we can say it that way, okay? So she invites these to come in. She's inviting them, though, not just to come in and and eat and drink of what she has prepared, but she is inviting them to forsake another way, all right? It's not just to come in, but it's to let go of, to forsake that, that foolishness so that they will live, all right? So that they will go in the path or the way of understanding and, and, and wisdom, all right? Uh, and this is why she says here, she, there's this sort of... Um, place here after she gives her call and she gives her cry uh, beginning in in verse seven it says whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse and he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury so don't reprove a scoffer or he'll hate you reprove a wise man and he will love you she's offering levels of wisdom to those who will come into the simple to those who don't have understanding. But she's not inviting the scoffers. She's not inviting the, the debaters, if you will, of God. She is, she is offering for those who are willing to come and to receive and to learn and to grow and mature. She's offering this wonderful banquet, if you will, to them. All right? She's offering it to those who she knows are going to appreciate it and who are, who are going to, to receive it. Um, and I think this is interesting for us to, to, to contemplate because we're also told not to cast our pearls before the swine, all right? And, and, and when Pastor Dave and I talk to you, and you know, we talk to you so much about being missional. You know, I mean, that's our byword around here. We are missional. That is, that is very much our identifier, if you will, all right? And that's all about going out. That's all about, about serving and about sharing the gospel and, and loving on people um, but at the same time, we're not asking you to go into the world of the scoffers and uh, uh, the, those who, who want to just simply sit and debate and those who want to uh, talk trashy about God and about the kingdom and about the church. Um, no, there are a lot of people out there who are simple in the sense that, that they have not yet an understanding of God. And the Holy Spirit is moving about this earth to bring openness to their eyes and understanding to their hearts so that you can go in and you can share Jesus with them. And that's who we're calling you to go to. That's who we're saying we're going to try to reach. That's, that's who we want to go to in this neighborhood is those people whose hearts God is opening. So it's very important that you and I start to spend more time praying for those people who we are going to go and share with. All right, And I, I hope to, to, to very soon offer you an opportunity to do that where we will gather and we will pray more for our people in our neighborhood and in our community is all over, but in particular our neighborhood, that, that we go and pray for them. And, and, and the, the whole idea is let's talk to God about our neighbors before we talk to our neighbors about God and get ourselves ready for Okay, so, so, so this is very much on our heart to do this, to, to, to prepare the way, if you will, all right, to open the gate for King Jesus to enter in and do the work that he so desires to do. 
All right, so this is her plea. This is her call to those who are simple and, and who lack understanding, that they would come and they would receive. And folks, that table is free for everyone who would want to come. Jesus holds no one back. He bars no one from his table. And, uh, and so I, I want to encourage you that, that you, you catch this sense of, of this openness, this willingness for them to come in. She's worked hard. Here, here, here's, here's the danger of us as believers, as Christians, is to say, gosh, we've worked so hard and we've done so much and we've gotten everything so ready. We need to be very careful about who comes in because we don't want anybody to mess it up. No, no. We work hard. We create a sumptuous feast, and that is an elaborate table called Christ. And we make a way for people to come. And you know what? The door is open to all who will come, all who will journey our way. We open our arms and say, yes, you come and you receive the understanding. You receive the wisdom. You begin to change your life and come out of darkness and death into light and life. Okay? That's, that's her plea. What is her promise then? All right? She's calling out. She's crying out, come, come and, 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 and take and, and receive. She's making all this great effort to reach those who will listen. All right? So what is her promise? Her promise is wisdom and understanding. That's what she has to give, all right, is wisdom and understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Verse 10, for by me your days will be multiplied, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. So she is offering you life. She is offering you Uh, the abundance that you can have, which is Christ. Jesus says, I have come to give you life, all right? I have come to give you this life in an abundant way, all right? And and she even infers here that that there would be uh, additional time to your life. If you live in wisdom and uh, uh, if you live in knowledge and understanding and you apply this, it can extend your life. You know, how many of you know someone or know of a story or a situation where someone just made a really bad choice and it was done? It was final. It's the most unfortunate, tragic story of a life when a life ends early because someone just simply did not use wisdom and, 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 and make a choice that was in their best interest, all right? Wisdom will bless one's self, all right? It, wisdom will bless you. Not only will you be a blessing to others, but that's something we we need to understand. There's a benefit, not only for others, but there's a benefit for us in wisdom. It blesses us. It blesses our self because we have God's aid. We have God's presence with us. And God is so for the righteous. And he will be there. He will be with us in all that we do. All right, so the benefit is great. If, if we are scoffers and we scorn the presence of God and we move away from God, and I'm not saying you're doing that. I'm saying if, if someone does that, then it's, it's exactly the opposite effect, all right? It hurts one's self, all right? That person bears life alone, according to the Scriptures. And they, they don't really have solid, good, healthy relationships around them to carry them like believers do. And I believe this is true. I believe this is very, very true. 
Uh, now, I'm not saying that there are not Christians who live lives alone because there are some who choose to do that. But what I'm saying is there is afforded to us as the body of Christ a beautiful family of people who can live together and encourage one another and bless one another, help one another, teach one another, uh, uh, challenge one another, confront one another. But all of that is very healthy and very life-giving. And if we will avail ourselves of what God has put around us, it can make a vast difference in our lives and the effectiveness of our lives, okay? So we see here this invitation, if you will, of Lady Wisdom. And it's really quite tempting, I think, in a good way. I think that, that she, is, she is calling out. She has this, this feast, uh, this elaborate feast, if you will, ready. And she's calling out. And the intent is that I have something that is good for you. And there's, there's honesty and integrity and forthrightness in what I'm calling out to you with. And I have it here available to you. And all you have to do is come and receive. The scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And so we see this beautiful, beautiful picture here, all right? Now, quite the contrast, let's look for a moment at the the woman folly, all right? So we've seen lady wisdom. Now let's look for a moment at woman folly. And please understand, this is not a gender-biased kind of thing going on here. He uses a woman in both situations, all right? So we see this beautiful lady wisdom, and now we're seeing this woman folly, all right? But she could also be in, in, in the likeness of a man as well, okay? Her preparation, well, she really doesn't make any. There, there really isn't any here for her. Instead, she is, the, the scripture says in, uh, in verse 13, that she is loud. All right? She is loud, she is seductive, and she knows nothing. All right? The, the, the reality is her words are empty. Now, I would tell you, we all know this kind of personality. We've all seen it. If you haven't known it personally, uh, you, you've seen it. In, in a movie or on, on a television program or somewhere al- along the way. But most of us have one of these in our family, male or female. And they, they don't really know a whole lot, but they think they know everything. And they come as though they have this trough, if you will, of wealth to give. Oh, I, I know. They have the answer for everyone, all right? And so, woman folly here, she's done nothing to prepare. She's made no way uh, uh, for anything to be received. And yet, she is loud, and she is trying to be seductive, and it, it would appear she knows nothing. The Believer's Bible Commentary describes her this way. It says, she is loud-mouthed, empty-headed, and brazen-faced. I would never want to be identified in such a way. That is a threefold characteristic of a fool. And folks, that is not God's church. That is not God's people. That is not you redeemed. All right? And so we have this woman who, in comparison, lacks any preparation uh, relative to Lady Wisdom here. So she's done nothing to make this uh, good. And then her plea, all right? So we've seen their, both their preparation. Now, we, we saw the plea, the call of Lady Wisdom. Now, let's, let's look for a moment at the plea, if you will, the call of, of uh, woman folly. Well, she sits in the door of her house, 
Rather than stand, she is sitting. Um, I, I would like to pose to you something to consider. Um, and, and this is conjecture on my part, okay? But there's, there's a number of places throughout the scriptures that we've given you already and further on in the book of Proverbs that, that address the issue of laziness, all right? And, and, and not working and not being productive and, 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 and all of that. And, and so we see Lady Wisdom and she stands and she's made all of this preparation and she calls out. But here's woman folly and she's made no preparation and she's sitting in her doorway. So she's probably not, if you will, just sort of like brazen-faced and loud-mouthed and empty-headed. She's probably lazy. All right? And she's, she's just there, all right? Um, she's very much unlike Lady Wisdom, uh, who's, who sent her maidens out to be heard. So, but she's sitting in a high seat, all right? Uh, she's, she's moved herself to the high place of the city. Uh, so perhaps she's learned something from Lady Wisdom here. But she's crying out. I think that, that the truth is, is that she moved herself to the same place that Lady Wisdom stands in order to compete. Because this is the age-old conflict. This is the adversary, the enemy who's crouching at the door. She's sitting at the door. She is there where Lady Wisdom is, trying to cry loud. Listen, listen, the enemy will try to be loud into your mind and into your heart. Try to talk to you about the world and what the world can offer you and try to overtake wisdom and the voice of righteousness. And the world is out there trying all the time to do things like define you, tell you who you are, define us, tell us who the church is, who it ought to be, who it can't be, what it can't do, what it shouldn't do. And use all kinds of words to describe us. No, we're described by God. Because we ascribe God great over us in his sovereignty. And so we listen with the ear to the Spirit. And we hear what the Lord has to say. All right? We hear the voice of God. But she is loud and she is right there. And the enemy will be right at the door. When the door of decision opens, when the door of opportunity knocks, so to speak, and there's two roads or there's a crossroads or there's two paths or there's two ways or there's a choice, you can bet the enemy will step up and begin to speak. And the key is that you are hearing constantly, consistently the voice of God. I think I've used this illustration before, but it's very appropriate here. Um, there... there it's always been said that there, those who, who know how to spot a counterfeit bill, like someone who, who makes counterfeit money and they, they bring it in like a $100 bill, uh, there are people who can take that bill and, and, and hold it in their hand and feel of it and look at it and, and they can say that's counterfeit. And most people think that's because they've held so many of them that they just know a counterfeit bill when they see it. They're so familiar with it, and, and, and they've sort of, it's, it's been right there. Not true. The truth is, is that they have held the real thing so much that they can tell the difference in a counterfeit so quickly. 
And if you want to know the real voice of God as opposed to a counterfeit voice, you don't need to be listening to a lot of counterfeits and trying to figure them out. You just need to listen to the real voice and just stay right there and let the voice of God just keep speaking. And the mo- His sheep know His voice. And they follow Him. That's the key, folks. That's the key. So that's the, that's the conflict that is going on here, if you will. And, 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 and so she, she's up there. She's close by. She's calling to those who pass by, especially the simple and those who lack understanding. Why? Because she is competing with Lady Wisdom for the souls of men. The enemy wants your soul. The enemy wants to destroy you. The enemy is seeking whom he may devour. That is what he is after, okay? And here's her promise, all right? Here's her promise, and then we're going to go right into our conclusion of the matter here, all right? But here's her promise. Stolen water is sweet. That even sounds bad. Oh, stolen water. Can't you just, can't you just get this imagery of this, this woman? You know, seductive. Stolen water is sweet. Bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Bread eaten in front of everybody tastes really good. Water given freely is amazing. It's life-giving. Jesus is the fountain of life, if you will. You don't need to go after some secret water. That's not going to save your soul. That's not going to take you out of sin and bondage. What you need is the life-giving water of Christ. And that alone is sufficient and does it. It takes care of the business, if you will. All right? And so we just need to take hold of the promise of God that He is there abundantly to give you everything that you have need of. Not this illusion of this illicit kind of relationship and intimacy that, that she is talking about with all of its false promises, because that's what it is. She gives you no true promise. She gives you nothing that is known. She is calling out to the simple who lack understanding and and giving them or offering them this illicit sort of intercourse kind of thing that's going on here. Her home is the house, the Bible says, of the dead. Jesus says, I came to give you life. Her house is the house of the dead. Her house is the way to Sheol, which is the way to hell. All right? That is the key, is you can make choices today that will give you life, or you can make choices that will take you down a path of utter self-destruction. Woman folly known best for her adulterous ways, promises much, but delivers the worst life possible, and that is destruction and death. That is her promise, all right, as compared to the lady wisdom who will give you life and add life to your day. See that? What a tremendous difference this is. This is why this is sort of that climactic thing. It's like he just lays it out. Here's the light. Here's the dark. Here's the right. Here's the wrong. Here's the good. Here's the bad. Here's the conflict. What will you choose? And that's the conclusion of the matter today. What what will you choose? What call will you hear? That of Lady Wisdom who's prepared much and, and delivers what she promises or this woman folly who promises much and delivers absolutely the opposite. You don't want to say she delivers nothing because she delivers something. She delivers death. She delivers destruction. All right, But the, the, the choice should be obvious uh, even to those who are simple and those who lack understanding. 
But I want to close with this. I want to ask you about three questions here as we're closing. So would you just stand with me, please, here? Because I want to, uh, to address you here. And then uh, Andrew's going to come and, and share the gospel with you as, as we are closing here. So if you'll get ready, Andrew, to do that, that would be great. Where do you stand? I'm talking to you as a believer and, and, and as a part of Life Church. Where do you stand? Or heaven forbid, where do you sit? Where is your life? Where, what, 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 what do you bring? What do you offer? What can you give as a believer, as a witness, as a testimony, as a living epistle of Jesus Christ? Where, where are you? Uh, and, 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 and with that, what, what invitation have you accepted? Is it one of commitment or is it one of compromise? Have you, have you said, you know what? Wisdom tells me to sell out. Wisdom tells me to... to, to to just go for God and, and not worry about what the world says and what my peers think and what other people do. And that's going to require me to give up some things and lay down some things and change some relationships and end some relationships and do whatever is necessary. Move in some direction, if you will, to be able to do that. But what invitation have you accepted? Are you one who has said, you know what, it's not that big of a deal to compromise? It's not that big of a... I, I, these are little things in my life, though. It's, it's, it's not, I'm not killing myself here. Listen, a quick death, a slow death, it's a death. One takes longer, but it's a death. And I want to challenge you to look at what is the invitation that you've accepted in your walk. And lastly, your plea to those who pass by. What are you calling people to join you in? Is it a life of Christ, abundant? Or is it a life of the world and what it has to offer? Death. What kind of living testimony is your life? Those are the questions that you will grapple with, hopefully, today and settle with God in prayer. Andrew, come, please. Let's just remain standing.